So um, back in October, um, Jonathan and I were living in Birmingham, and I felt, started feeling this pull um, from the Lord to come home. And he loves to get me to do all the things I said I'd never do. And moving back to Phoenix City was a thing I said I would never do. And um, I was wrestling back and forth, and Jonathan and I were wrestling back and forth, and we just couldn't, we, we were like, okay, well, if these three things happen, then we'll move. Two days later, all three things happened. We were like, dang it, we thought we had it. We really thought we had you with that one. Nope. And so I was, um, I was still on maternity leave, and I was walking Mitchell in our, in our neighborhood so that he would stop crying and maybe go to sleep. And I was talking to the Lord about moving, and he said, Katie, you can stay in Birmingham if you want to. You're very comfortable here. You have a lot of good friends. You're in a good church. You have a good job. You have a support system. You can stay here, and you'll be fine. You'll be happy, and you'll see me do some stuff, and it'll be great. He was like, or (laughs) you can take a step of faith and do something that's a lot harder that's going to cost you something and is going to force you into situations you don't want to be in and that are going to be uncomfortable. But as a result of that, you're going to see me do some stuff that will change your life. And then he said, because he's snarky with me, probably because I'm snarky with him, but I'm good either way. You do what you want to. Okay, it's hardly a choice, but okay, that's what we're calling it. And um, so we moved. And it's been all the things he said it would be. Hard. (laughs) I've been in uncomfortable situations I didn't want to be in. I've had to face stuff I didn't want to face. Um, But I'm also seeing the fruit of that decision. And I feel like that's also a word for our church, that we're sitting at a crossroads. And we can keep doing things the way that we've been doing them. And we'll be okay. And God will show up and we'll all get along most of the time. (laughs) And we'll keep doing what we're doing. And it'll be fine. Or we can do something different. And we can take a step of faith into something that's going to be hard. It's going to challenge us. It's going to cost us something but we can watch as God transforms us and our city. And I think God is telling us this morning, I'm good either way, y'all do what you want to do. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be laying in my bed at a hundred and something years old going, well, at least I was comfortable. 
I'm not interested in that. I want to lay in my bed at 100 and something and go, it was worth everything it cost me. Because this place is different because I did something different. And it was worth what it cost me. So like I said, in November, I was sitting here as our first Sunday back. And I was just kind of still kind of reeling. I don't know if you know this or not, but a lot has happened in my life in the past year. And it's kind of felt like a whirlwind. And so I was sitting there like, okay, like, I like adventure, God, but like, come on now, slow down just a little bit. I'm trying to get my bearings. And he said, the next time you speak, you're going to talk about pain. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Awesome. Love that. And that was all he said. And from that Sunday till now, he's been giving me little pieces. And um, I wasn't really sure how it all kind of tied in together. And then last week when Dad was talking about the well, he asked the question, what's in your ditch? Like, what's blocking you from being able to receive what God is trying to give you that you then give out? And I think for a lot of us in this room, the answer to that question is pain that we have not processed. It's preventing us from moving forward. And that's not an easy thing to look at. But it's not something that we can avoid. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Pain is part of this life that we live. Jesus didn't say, if you're one of the unlucky ones and something bad happens. He said, when you have tribulation, when. Like, help me, Jesus. Sorry, y'all. I'm just... Um, very, very honest. I don't have any other way to be. So being a Christian didn't stop my mom from dying when I was 35 weeks pregnant. That's just the truth. I prayed for her. You prayed for her. My brother prayed for her. My dad prayed for her. And she still died. And six weeks later, I gave birth to a baby that she was supposed to be there for that she was supposed to be at my house waiting on me to get home to take care of me. Being a Christian and following Jesus didn't prevent that from happening. Now here's what can happen. I can get stuck there. I can get stuck and I can spend the rest of my life going, God, that's not fair. So-and-so's got their mama. So-and-so's mama was at the house when they got home with their baby. She cooked them dinner. I can get stuck there. That's an easy place to get stuck. But what happens? I never move forward. God can't do anything with that. I'm stuck. And I don't want to be stuck. I don't want to be stuck. I want to be everything that God has for me. I want everything that He, when He created me in Debbie Mitchell's womb and He put mantles over my life, I want to fulfill every single one. Yeah. 
But the enemy would love for me to get stuck at why. He would love for me to get stuck there because then he gets to fulfill everything he wants to fulfill because I'm not fulfilling what God put on my life. And you can't fulfill what God put on my life. That's mine. And I can't fulfill what God put on your life. So there's things in your life that aren't happening. There's people that you aren't touching. There's things that you aren't seeing to fulfillment because you're stuck and you can't move forward. And here's the deal. The enemy would love to lie to you and say that being human means you have to be happy all the time. And if you're not happy all the time, then something's wrong with you. And that's a lie. Because Jesus was sad. He cried at the tomb of Lazarus. He was angry. He flipped over tables. Being human means we just get to feel it all. Not that we're happy all the time. So here's the other thing. You're dealing with your pain one way or another. Like, pain is not one of those things that sits back and goes, well, whenever you're ready. You're dealing with it whether you want to or not. Some of us are running from it. So we're filling our schedules up with so much stuff that we never have time to stop and think about it. If I just stay super busy and run myself to the point of exhaustion and I crash in my bed at night, I'll never have to think about it. Some of us are dealing with our pain with things that make us feel better in the moment. Food, alcohol, stuff we don't need to be looking at. We're doing something. So I don't have to feel that, I'll feel this. Some of us have buried it, buried it pushed it down, and we just shut ourselves off from feeling anything at all. Because it's too much. You're dealing with it whether you want to be or not. So the question is, how are you going to deal with it? And here's the thing. When you don't deal with it, you keep shoving stuff on top of stuff, starts coming out sideways. And let me tell you, everybody in this room can think of a time when they have been the victim of somebody's pain coming out sideways. You're like, I did not know we were going there. I said, can we talk about this? And you unloaded, and dear Jesus, let me get over here. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't know what that was about. That happens, right? And then sometimes we are the person that we're like, oh. There's been several times where I've looked at my husband and been like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That wasn't that. That was this. There's been times when he's looked at me and gone, just the other night, I snapped at something, and he goes, what's really going on here? I was like, yeah, it's, it's not that. <laughs> okay, you're right. Our pain comes out sideways, and we don't deal with it. So Galatians, I love this verse, 6-5 says, for each person will have to carry his own load. We all have to carry our own stuff, and we're responsible for our own stuff. It's not Jonathan's responsibility to process my stuff for me. It's not his responsibility to make sure that I'm handling myself and that I have self-control, which is a fruit of the Spirit. It does not say controlling everybody else. It says self-control. So keeping me in check. 
is a fruit of the Spirit. So when we don't process our pain with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, there's certain things that can happen. One of those that I see a lot is we start having distance in our relationships with other people. We push away anybody who's trying to hold me accountable, anybody who says something that I don't like, I want nothing to do with you. Not listening to that. We hurt people because our pain's coming out sideways and we're reacting to everything and we're like a time bomb. Anything's going to set me off. And Lonnie, you just might be the one who does it and I'm unloading on you today. And then I start projecting my junk on other people. And if you want to know if you're projecting... You need to look at what offends you. I'm just being honest. Maybe y'all don't have this problem, but I do. A couple weeks ago, um, somebody was, and I don't remember all of the details, but they were saying something about uh, going out of town or something and um, arranging childcare and all this stuff. And before I knew it, I was like, well, it must be nice. You can just call your mom and she'll just come over and watch a kid for a weekend. Must be nice. And the Lord was like, what are you projecting? I was like, oh, you're right, God. I'm upset that my mom's not here. I'm hurt by that. But if I don't recognize that, I'll project that onto somebody else. And I'll hurt our relationship. And that's not fair to that person. It's not fair to the relationship. I got to carry my own load. I got to process my stuff. Or I'm going to push everybody away. And if you're a ticking time bomb and you're going off on everybody, you can't be mad when people go, see that? Can't do that. You can't be offended at that. Because it's not anybody else's responsibility to manage your stuff. It's yours. And it's not fair to ask anybody to be in relationship with you and say, but part of being in a relationship with me means that you got to walk around and hope you don't step on a bomb and tick me off. That's not fair. And that's not real relationship. Another thing that unprocessed pain will do is we'll get in unhealthy relationships. Who's ever heard of the birds of a feather flock together? We lo- I don't know what it is. We love to find people who are hurt or mad or whatever, the same stuff we are. And then we love to link up and be like, okay, now let's just walk around and hang out and talk about how mad we are and how stupid that is and how and I'm be offended at them and I don't like them. Well, I don't either. And we love to group up and click up and just brew all that toxic mess and then look around and go, well, why didn't anybody want to hang out with us? Good Lord. We just love to do that. And then these relationships, they don't bring life into our life. 
They just cause us to, to stay in that place. And then we go, well, why aren't there any fruit? Nothing can grow in that mess. Nothing. Except more mess. Good Lord, look at the Chattahoochee. That's what y'all got going on down there. We're like, no, why does nobody want to swim over here with us? Gross. Unprocessed pain also causes physical problems in our body. I don't know if you know this, but we're mind, uh, soul, body, spirit. They're all interconnected and they all work together. And please don't hear me say that if you have health problems, it's a result of your, that's not what I'm saying. That's not it. Don't hear that. What I am saying is if you stay stuck in your pain and you don't process it with the Holy Spirit, you're going to start seeing the physical effects of that on your body. Harvard Medical School did a study, and they found that people who had severe trauma that they never dealt with were at a higher risk for heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, and cancer. That's just what it is. Pain distracts us from our purpose. We can't even begin to see what God has for us when we're focused on the things that hurt us or what he didn't do. We can't, we can't look at both at the same time. And unprocessed pain will cause us to forget who we really are. There's a quote from the shack um, where Papa is talking to Mac and she says, pain has a way of clipping your wings and keeping you from being able to fly. And if it's left unresolved for very long, you can almost forget you were ever created to fly in the first place. We got to deal with our stuff, y'all. And it's not fun. There was nothing fun about going to God and going, why did I have to go to my mom's funeral at 35 weeks pregnant? There's nothing fun about that. There's nothing fun about going to God and going, why do I feel abandoned? Why do I feel alone? There's nothing fun about that process. But I can tell you this, if you'll get in it with Him, He will transform your life and the way that you see the things in front of you. He wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. He wants to heal your heart more than you want it to be healed. I can promise you that. 2 Corinthians 1.3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. All that you need, He already has. So how do we do this? 
You're like, okay, Katie, you got me on board. I need to deal with my junk. Now what do I do? The first thing, which is probably going to be the hardest step for you, it is for me, is taking time to be still and listen. You can't process your pain with Jesus while you're in Publix. Like, oh, I need this and this. And yeah, God, what about that thing that uh, happened to me 25 years ago when I was a kid? <laughs> I mean, I guess you can try, but when we find you in a puddle on the floor at Publix, we're going to be like, okay, we tried to tell you, you need to do this at home. We got to take time. We got to carve out time to sit down with the Father and go, okay, God, I'm ready to listen. And then we got to acknowledge how we feel. And we got to be honest about it. Not the church answer. I couldn't go to God and be like, well, you know, heaven just needed mom more than I did. Bull crap. <laughs> I don't know what heaven's got going on up there, but I know what I got going on down here. <laughs> I, that's not going to get me anywhere. <laughs> I got to go to God and go, you know what? I'm pretty ticked off right now. <laughs> Me and you are going to have a conversation. I feel real abandoned. I feel like my mom walked out on me. Not only am I mad at her, I'm mad at you. I'm just telling you the truth. <laughs> you may not have these feelings, but I do. I, had to, I have to be honest and go, God, this is how I feel. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm scared out of my mind. you got to help me. Because I don't want to stay stuck here, but this is where I'm at. And here's the thing about God. He's going to get in that mess with you. That Chattahoochee toxic mess you created, I'm not getting in it, but He will. But he's not going to let you stay in it. If you invite him into the mess, he's getting you out. It's not going to be comfortable, but we've already established that he's more concerned with getting us whole and healed than he is with getting us comfortable. See, because my son is real comfortable when I hold him in the rocking chair and I hold his bottle. He just lays out with his arms. Well, he messed up and went to daycare and held his own bottle. And the daycare worker sent me a picture. So he got home and I said, okay, I see how this is going. You're going to go to school and hold your own bottle and you're going to come home and you want me to do it. No, sir. I put his little hands around the bottle. He just... I'm like, "Mm -mm. I'm not holding this for the rest of your life. No, sir. You're going to have to hold your own bottle. And it's going to be uncomfortable to hold those little arms up there. But you're just going to have to be uncomfortable. Because it would look real weird if he was 10. And I was holding him. <laughs> Y'all would be like, ma'am, what's happening over here? Need to... Yeah. I mean, I would be looking at Shane Blankenship real weird if he had Lincoln laid over in his lap feeding him, and Lincoln was just like, right? That's weird. 
So God's not necessarily concerned with how comfortable we are in the process. But he is concerned with how whole and healthy and mature we are. So we've got to be honest about how we feel and how the situation or whatever we're processing made us feel. And then we've got to ask really good questions. And by really good questions, I don't mean, well, why did this happen to me? So that's not going to get you very far. By good questions, I mean, God, where are you in this situation? What are you doing? When I think about um, the losing my mom and going to her funeral, and I ask Holy Spirit, God, where were you that day? I can see myself standing outside the door, going to the bathroom, talking to people, and I can see Jesus behind me. And every step I take, His foot's right behind me. I can see Him sitting next to me on the front row. I can see Him in the car. I can see Him every step of the way, and I can hear Him saying, this was a hard day, but I never left your side. I can see him when it was 2 o'clock in the morning and Jonathan and I had not slept in three days and we were like, why did we have this baby? I can see Jesus looking at us and sitting in the bed with us and going, I know you're tired. It gets better. It gets better. God, where are you in this situation? What are you doing? What are you saying about me in this situation? When I think about um, burying mom and going to the hospital to have the baby, I... um, much to Jonathan's um, dismay, did an all-natural birth with no (laughs) painkillers. After we had Mitchell, he looked at me and he goes, are you going to make me do this again? (laughs) I'm like, this is what you signed up for. I don't know. I'm Rodney Mitchell's daughter. I I get these ideas and we roll with it. But I can... When I, when I talk to God about that, when I talk to God about that process in the weeks after giving birth, I just, I'm like, what are you saying about me in that situation? What are you saying about me here? And I hear him saying, you were amazing. Do you know what you just did? Look at you. Look at the mother that you are. Look how well you love this little boy. Look at how well you take care of him. And I'm not saying this, y'all, to brag on me. I'm telling you, this is what God is saying in situations that are painful for us. He's going, look at you. Look at what you overcame. Look at what you've walked through. And then what's the truth? What's the truth in this situation? God, I need you to show me. What's the truth? Because how I feel isn't always true. It's how I feel, and I have to acknowledge it, but it's not always true. So what's true? 
And then I got to be willing to take accountability for my stuff. I got to be willing to apologize if I need to apologize. I got to be willing to mend relationships if I need to mend relationships. We love to use the phrase hurting people hurt people when somebody's hurt us. But we rarely look at it as am I the hurt one that hurt somebody else? Which one are you? We're both. You've been hurt by somebody who's hurt, hurting, and you've hurt someone because you're hurting. And we got to take accountability, we got to apologize, and we got to mend those relationships. I had a friend one time go off on me about something, and I knew I was right. I was like, God, I'm right. I know I'm right. And you need to do something about that, because I'm right. And he was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. But you can be right or you can have a relationship with your friend. Which one do you want to do? It's like, it. You keep giving me these choices that don't really feel like choices. <laughs> and then we got to leave it at the cross. We got to leave it. So when we process it, when we deal with it with Jesus, we got to leave it at the cross. Can't keep picking it back up. Can't keep using our pain as a badge of honor to run around and be mean and hurt people. We got to put it at the cross and leave it there and stop using it as an excuse to not do what God has called us to do. Don't carry that junk around anymore because that's exactly what it is is junk. Don't stay stuck where you are. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then, then, you will learn God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So I'm going to ask um, our ministry team to come up. Um, and if you have some stuff that you're like, God, I, I need to get rid of this. I need to get rid of this because I don't want to stay stuck where I am. Then we've got some awesome people up here who want to pray with you. And let me challenge you to not walk out these doors without having an encounter with Jesus. Because we can keep doing things the way we've always done them and we can stay the way we are right now. But I would challenge you to do something different. Because what's on the other side of that is better than anything we could imagine, think, or ask. So our team can go ahead and come up. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to play that song again. If you want prayer, please, please, please don't leave without coming and having an encounter with Jesus. If you're like, you know what, girl, I got this. Have a great Sunday. We love you. We're so glad you were here. Jesus, God, I thank you that you're not intimidated by our mess. You've never been intimidated by pain. You've never been intimidated by heartbreak. That you are willing to get in the middle of all of it. And so, God, I just would ask that you would stir our hearts so that we wouldn't stay stuck in our mess, so that this house so that these people can fulfill everything that you've placed on their life.
that we would get to our last day and go, it cost me, but it was worth it. I did everything he had for me. I got everything he had for me. I ran a good race. God, that we wouldn't put it off till tomorrow, that we wouldn't say, well, one day I'll do that, but that today would be a day where we are transformed on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We love you.